the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Mike Opelka with you. Uh, Me here, you there. And soon to be Dr. Wendy Patrick. I'm sitting here thinking, hey, uh, I wonder if uh, Dallas is calling Wendy Patrick. And then they whisper in my ear, "Uh, you didn't give us Wendy's number. So uh, I didn't even have time to. I'll just tell it on the air so you guys can. No, I've asked Wendy to give you a quick call. Hopefully she will. Um, Also in the news today, another thing that we need to just say no to, no, uh, oh, oh, hell no, too. Uh, Amtrak, which uh, for the last five years was my preferred mode of travel between the constitutionally protected free speech bunker in the woods of Arden, Delaware, back and forth to New York City and Washington, D.C. But if Amtrak's next plan goes through, I, I, I might have to change my... My thoughts. Um, Amtrak's planning on shaving the seats to try and make more money. Amtrak lost $227 million last year. Um, Shaving the seats is not going to make you more money. Being a a private-run enterprise versus a government-run enterprise is going to make you money. Amtrak loses money on every beer that it sells. And it sells a lot of beer. I know I've ridden a lot of Amtrak. So I'm sorry, new Amtrak CEO Wick Mormon. Shaving the seats. Amtrak seats currently 23 inches wide. And there's 39 inches of legroom. Airline economy sections. Some of the seats are 17 inches wide and have only 30 inches of legroom. No, Amtrak. No. So, well, more on that. We're going to monitor that. We're going to hoot and holler about that as as time goes on. But we have, uh, because I I had a brain fart and forgot to give (laughs) the information to the control room. Thank God Wendy checks her emails. So, uh, Dr. Wendy Patrick, wendypatrickphd.com. Always here on Mondays. One of the most reliable people in my world. Thank you for being here, Wendy. Always a pleasure, Mike. I've been a little off the rails today. I don't know if you were listening (laughs) earlier, but, you know, when you lose George Romero and Martin Landau in the same day, you have two icons, one just a classy Oscar winner, great actor, and the other, the father. I consider him the father of zombie movies and, you know, flesh-eating zombie, the whole genre. I think that's George Romero in a nutshell. Yeah, zombie culture, that's for sure. It's a, it's a very a huge law. Now, you're, you're just humoring me, aren't you? It's okay. <laughs> Did you had you ever seen any of the uh, the Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead series? Oh, of course I have. Yes, of course I have. Okay, just making sure, you know, because I <laughs> I went a little overboard in the opening of the show, so you know maybe 
but maybe I did. <laughs> what a you surprise. Know, I, might, I might have spent a half an hour talking about it, much to the uh, chagrin <laughs> of the people behind this program. But you're here to keep me on the straight and narrow. And uh, I have I'll two topics I want to talk about. I'm watching Jay Sekulow yesterday, and I happen to be a fan of Jay. I, I think Jay's a, a, a cool cat, amazing guy, obviously a smart guy. But um, he kept saying the same thing over and over again. And some of it, I, I'm sure it's intended because not everybody watches the same shows. And I, just because I will geek out and, and go through all five Sunday shows in five hours on C-SPAN doesn't mean everybody else does, but that's me. But he, it seemed like he was a robot saying the same thing over and over. I, I do not represent Don Jr. I only represent the president. But based on what I've seen, nothing illegal happened. And I, I think this just serves to irritate people. But did anything illegal happen or could it have been illegal? Well, well, I got to tell you, you know, I've been asked that question a million times over the weekend and all through last week. And, you know, I've, I'm a career prosecutor. And, Mike, if I had a dime for every case that looked good at the beginning and then fell apart because it would charge too quickly, I would be able to retire. It is so difficult to, at the very beginning of an investigation, put a label on particular conduct and, uh, and, and think that that's actually something you're going to work towards. I would want to see many more facts. And I also might want to see precedent. You know, one of the things that's being brought up here in campaign finance laws is one of the laws that he, he is alleged to have broken by some of the commentators. But there's a lack of precedent as to whether or not a meeting like this constitutes a thing of value, which, of course, is something you need to break those laws. So given that there isn't any precedent, and by that I mean other cases that have found that result, it's hard to guess that this would be the case that would establish that. Maybe it will be, uh, but it's hard unless you've got more to work with. And frankly, that lack of precedent characterizes so much of what we discuss within the Trump administration, not just due to their own actions and behavior, but a lot of it due to the electronic social media value. There are so many cases of first impression. I, I tossed the travel ban in there as well. So many cases where the court really doesn't have established precedent to look to to guide their decisions that it's almost impossible to guess how a court would look at this kind of a case being campaign finance contribution violation. Um, and, and Mike, one other thing that is complicating this analysis is everybody keeps using the word collusion. There is no collusion yeah. statute. Collusion is a political term. And I know many, your, your listeners are very savvy. Most of them know that But um, already. But when I watch some of the TV coverage, and unlike you, I watch, all, I geek out too and all that stuff. I often see people alleging that they are they violated the law because they've engaged in collusion. And that sentence just doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cooperation is not conspiracy. It, it, it makes a great bit of, of uh, incendiary right. television. You know, it, <laughs> right. it, it causes sparks to fly. So I, yeah, I'm, I appreciate I appreciate some of the wisdom here. And this is. This is Wendy sharing judicial wisdom with us when you when you say, you know, if you had a dime for every case that on its first blush looked great and then fell apart on deeper examination. And that that's a real good theory to keep in the back of your heads. Everybody look deeper, look beyond because there is a tendency, especially in this election, to knee jerk. Um, Al Gore was on television today. 
And, you know, he was talking about the fact that Hillary Clinton lost by she won the popular but lost the electoral college, but she'll be okay. And I I wish Al Gore's message could get out to everybody because I think that everybody needs to stop worrying about Hillary and the Clintons because ultimately they'll be okay. And the less drama we we have about all this, I, I think we'll eventually all be okay. But uh, well, Mike, I a- love the fact that you use the word drama. I love that because that characterizes the news cycle. And it's, it's no fault of anybody's. It's just it's the world we live in. It's because we are, you know, we're a social media society where we get news instantly. It breaks constantly. It drip drips as it does in this type of a case. And, you know, my advice to people that are putting putting labels on the conduct at issue here. And I would say that I said the same thing when they were looking at Hillary Clinton's ish, uh, emails. In other words, it's not a partisan determination, but I said the same thing then. Leave it to the professionals. We've got an FBI investigation. Um, We've got a special counsel. We've got Robert Mueller, who's no doubt looking into all of this. The reason I say leave it to the professionals is unlike you and I, who are dialed into the court of public opinion, Mueller's got behind-the-scenes information. In other words, he is privy, and we are not, to all sorts of background information, context, that gives some meaning to the content of those emails. And just one real quick example of that. Many were making much of uh, the other day about how if you actually read the email chain carefully, they wonder whether it, it insinuates that there were several offline conversations as well, maybe a couple of phone calls. Whatever that evidence is, you know, Mueller can investigate all of that through resources we don't have. And then once he's looked at all of the evidence, uh, instead of jumping to any conclusions now, he and his team can decide what, if anything, to make of it. Great points. Great points. And, and Wendy, I, I didn't even send you this one, but did you see the New York Daily News reporting on the attorney with connections to the Russian government, uh, Natalia Veselnitskaya, did you see the the side story to this woman over the past year? Uh, I don't think I've read the article you're referring to. Okay, that's okay because I don't Google, think a lot of people it did. <laughs> it, it was buried <laughs> Daily in. News. Okay. This this was buried in some the back or in the middle of the Sunday reporting. This lady on American taxpayers' dime has oh, been living up, in a Plaza Hotel suite, a $995 a a night suite on our dime when she was brought here for a deposition in a case they just settled, the DOJ just settled. Uh, She had uh, uh, bills for meals, a $793 feast for five people. And I just saw there that were line. only there were I, I want to go to these dinners. There were where only, did, I want to know where did they eat? <laughs> they ate at the plaza. She was living That's at like, the plaza on the dime of the American taxpayer because Preet Bharara, the guy that Donald Trump uh, dismissed, was called her in to be one of three deposed witnesses in a case that was alleging some uh, bad behavior by a Russian firm. Her stay at that hotel from October, for this was, let's see, oh my God, I'm just looking at this. From October no, 13th <laughs> to October 16th. So four days, do you want to uh, guess what we paid for those four days? 
<laughs> well, I see the price tag on the line right above it. Fifty grand. Yeah. <laughs> $50,365.72. That included her Ooh. airfare from Russia and interpreter service. Uh, I, I'm sorry. There's more to this story than we need, that we have not heard, that we need to know. You know, Mike, it's such an important point you bring up because you wouldn't have believed that a story like this would have been buried, would you? I mean, this seems like the kind of story that maybe, you know, how I was mentioning the context, maybe adds context to who this woman was. Because remember how many questions we had about that shortly after the news this meeting broke. We wanted to know everything we could about her. Um, and just today, you and I are talking about this. You're right. It actually takes some digging to learn more information because, it, you know, you're right. It hasn't been immediately reported as to who this woman is. And you're no. right that that matters as well. And I'll bet well, you we're going to be it, looking, it, finding out more about the lobbyists as well. And, and we need to draw the we need the chart and all the arrows need to attach to all the characters. And now the Preet Baraha is in here, the guy that Trump fired and he was mad about being fired. And yet the DOJ just settled a money laundering tax fraud case, which apparently was $230 million in tax fraud for what could be considered a paltry $6 million. Mm -hmm. um, the, there, there's more here we need to know. But just the fact that this woman spent four days at the plaza on our dime for $50,000 really irritates me. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's quite a story. <laughs> well, I'm 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 you know I'm happy to bring it to you. But now, before we, yeah. I get you out of here, I have to I have to bring it around to some good and and helpful stuff. Not that what we talked about isn't helpful to everybody to understand things, but what people don't know about our friend Dr. Wendy WendyPatrickPhD.com uh, is that Wendy also writes regularly for Psychology Today. And I found this because a lot of the people that listen to this audience, to this show, a lot of the audience, they're single people. And anytime yeah. you can see something that's good advice for single people, you, your new column titled The First Conversation Topic for a Great, the number one conversation topic for a great first date is... <laughs> The woman. <laughs> it's all of a first date. And Mike, this for your listeners, this is based on research. The, and, and not just one study, multiple studies that show that on a first date, the most successful first dates, both the man and the woman, uh, and it was done on a heterosexual couples for the studies, both of them agree that the most successful topic was her. And uh, not just, not a bunch of 20 questions at, at, you know, fired at her and she has to answer them, but her being able to talk about herself and the man joining the narrative and other sort of enhancing the experience. And the most interesting thing about this research, Mike, is, you know, there were lots of um, men in, the, in some of these studies that would interrupt, but it wasn't an interruption to be rude. It was an interruption to to affirm, to validate, kind of like you, you'll be talking on the on the radio and I'll say, yeah, I saw that too. It was those types of welcome inter interruptions that actually built rapport throughout these dates. But yeah, many people were, um, it's almost counterintuitive. Some people were telling me that this would be consistently what the research says. So, you know, for the men out there listening, if you have a great first date with somebody you're interested in, make sure that at least that first date is all about her. Such Second date, you good, can talk about you. <laughs> such good advice, Dr. Wendy Patrick. It's on Psychology Today. I'll tweet out a link to it. This is why yes. Dr. Wendy is with us. 
as often as possible. I so appreciate you, Dr. Wendy. Oh, such a pleasure. Thanks for having me. We'll see you next week. And there she goes. And here we go. We'll be right back after a break. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. I have to say thank you to this audience. Uh, you guys have been terrific. I said earlier that I had a uh, little bit of a problem before the show when I was outside in the garden here in the in the Arden, Delaware woods. Working on the garden, I was pulling up some some nasty vines that had infiltrated the area around the hydrangeas and the rhododendrons. And I was like, no, no, you're not. And I'm pulling them up with all, all kinds of vigor and anger, trying to rid the garden of this beast, this viney beast. And I had gone out on a break and just started ripping them up and one of my neighbors comes over after I've pulled a considerable amount of it out and goes hey uh you know that's poison oak no but uh, many of you said you know get get inside use and I had used the dawn detergent because I thought you know cleans the oil off the ducks and many of you had said well the poison oak is an oil that that'll get on your skin and your clothes and it'll make everything itch and the blistering and yada yada yada. But I had done the, the hot water and the uh and the the dawn detergent. And I think I'm okay. Um, you know, we're about four hours into this now, about three and a half, four hours into it, and I'm clear. So I th- I think I'm gonna make it. I don't think I'm worried about any kind of uh outbreak. I'm just saying. Coming up later on the show, just around the corner, uh, I want to talk about Al Gore because he's he's back and he's got he's got things to say. I also want to know, and I think I've got the answer because one of you sent it to me. I asked this over the weekend. Um, how does my tire know what what the tire pressure is? I mean, if you think about a tire on a wheel on your car somebody puts the tire onto the wheel and then you mount the wheel on the car and you you bolt it down you tighten down the the nuts and it's there so how does it tell your car how much air is in it they're not wired is there a little miniature bluetooth connecting i think i've got the answer I'll I'll share that with you as well. And then I've got some dumb stories and there might be time for yet one more one more great moment from a George Romero film. A couple of interesting things. And yeah, of course I have thoughts on John McCain and and this this unfortunate I mean I hope he gets better. But it's unfortunate. Why did why did this happen now? Is there something else? We need to look into it. We'll be right back. You're 
You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Puro Pelka. Wow, I, I cannot believe how rapidly today is moving. Maybe, maybe it's just because I'm feeling better, and, and I know why I'm feeling better. I'm feeling better because I am still faithfully taking Relief Factor. It's the all-natural anti-inflammatory that, that's helped me and thousands of other people like me. I'm, I'm a guy who ran marathons, and when you do that, you run a lot of training. You average 8 to 10 miles a day when you're doing that, and that, that can beat up your knees. I'm not going to kid you. A year ago, I'm sitting here talking to doctors saying, Doc, um, how long am I going to be out if I get knee replacements? And guess what? I'm not thinking that right now. Uh, I started in early April. Eight days after I started taking Relief Factor, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, then I, I actually didn't need any pain medication. I was taking eight of those gel caps a day to try and deal with the pain in my knees and my hips and my lower back. No more. And it's because the inflammation has been reduced by the fish oil and the turmeric, the all-natural ingredients in Relief Factor. Look, I, I've been going on about this. I waited, don't wait. Do what, do what I eventually did after Brad Staggs talked to me about it. Call Relief Factor at 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. If you want more information, talk to them, quiz them, or go to relieffactor.com. The three-week quick start pack is $19.95. I wish I had started in April of, of 2015. I wouldn't have wasted the time of those doctors. Uh, but uh, it worked for me, and hopefully it'll work for you. Relief Factor. Check it out. Now, um, somebody who did cause irritation that Relief Factor couldn't help is Al Gore. Well, he's making the rounds because, of course, of course he's got another movie coming out. Of course he wants to be in the middle of the climate discussion. And he, he will be. Trust me, though. Trust me, he will be there. So Al Gore showed up today on the Today Show. Al Gore showed up and uh, had a little interview with Willie Geist on the Today Show. One of the more interesting moments, if you can call it interesting, was uh, Al Gore on, um, on Hillary losing the election despite the fact that she won the popular vote. She, unfortunately for her and for Al, lost the Electoral College. Gee, I, I, wonder, I wonder who that sounds like. Who, who else could that have happened to? I'm curious to know, Mr. Vice President, because you are one of only two living people on this planet who can appreciate what it's like to win the popular vote, to lose the presidential election. <laughs> yeah. Have you spoken to Secretary Clinton since the election commiserated at all about that? Yes, I have. She, I, I suspect she'll be fine. Um, but uh, our, our country, as I said earlier, is going to face some challenging months ahead. Yes, if you guys w would slow down the 
the blocking of everything Donald Trump's trying to do, it wouldn't be quite as challenging. Wouldn't be quite, quite as much of a, a problem, but no, you're going to keep doing that. Does anyone notice Al Gore's head's becoming more and more square? I, I just, I know it's a sidebar, but, but yeah. The, the former vice president was there, like I said, pushing, of course, his initiatives for climate change and uh, his, his film, which ultimately will feather his nest so he can increase his carbon footprint as he has been doing for the last several decades. And um, President Gore said something I actually had a little problem with. In a century, and we still rely on carbon-based fuels for 80% of the world's energy. But the good news is solar electricity and wind electricity are, have come down so quickly in price. In many areas, it's now much cheaper than electricity from burning fossil fuels. Hmm. Is it? Is it? And now he, he qualified it by saying in many areas. In many areas. Well, according to the people at Forbes.com, this isn't a, a wacko right-wing conservative anti-green website. This is Forbes. And they, they talked with uh, Earl Ritchie, a lecturer at the Department of Construction Management at the University of Houston. He's an energy fellow. And in the story that's on Forbes, a very recent story on Forbes from, oh, I don't know, just uh, a couple months ago. He's saying uh, there, there has been a rash of articles saying that wind and solar have reached what they call grid parity. In other words, the cost of generating electricity on, on the solar panels and the, the, wind, uh, the windmills that are set up is as cheap or cheaper than the electricity that you buy from uh, your power company. And this idea is as rock solid as the idea based uh, on climate change, based on the temperature information we get, which we know is very inexact and has been uh, tweaked, as they say. This, the costs... The cost of grid parity, or the when you when you say the cost of generating energy, you have to define it. There there are things that the Forbes article calls the subsidized retail cost, which is the life cycle cost of the generation, including tax benefits and credits and subsidies, which there are liberal tax benefits and tax credits and subsidies given to the greenies. The unsubsidized cost needs to be uh, analyzed, the unsubsidized retail cost and the all-in wholesale cost. So based upon this, the study shows that, no, in fact, they, they haven't quite caught up. Wind and solar are still more expensive than fossil fuels. So Al Gore, uh, you, sir, are fake news on that one. And we have, to, we have to drop that on you. This is Forbes showing the evidence. Now, that they also asked, Willie Geis also asked the uh, former vice president about Donald Trump. And I thought he had an interesting take on this. Our country's going through a, a challenging time for sure. 
We've never had a president who's uh, deliberately made decisions, the effect of which is to tear down America's uh, standing in the world, starting with his withdrawal from the Paris Agreement, the climate. Wait, 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 wait. We've never had a president who did what, Mr. Gore? Made decisions, the effect of which is to tear down America's uh, standing in the world, starting. Wait, so... The guy who drew the red line in the sand and then did nothing, that didn't do anything to our standing. The guy who okayed the continued growth in the Korean, North Korean nuclear program, that, that guy didn't do anything to tear down our standing. The guy who gave the Iranians the deal so they could get back in the nuclear business and gave them all that cash so they could get back to funding terrorism. That didn't hurt our standing in the world. So, and, and let's go back to your, your president, Mr. Clinton. So nothing he did, which he had to do intentionally, I'm just saying, intern, uh, nothing he did intentionally tore down America's standing in the in the world. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mr. Former Vice President. But you're just you're just wrong on this one. You're way out of line on this one. It's not right and it's not okay. You're gonna hear more on Al Gore, but you're also going to hear more from the people who are behind the movie called Climate Hustle. I don't know if you've seen the video from the folks who, who made the movie Climate Hustle. Of course, they're showing that Al Gore's whole scheme about climate change is nothing more than a redistribution of wealth. Yes, we should be good stewards of the planet. Yes, we should try and develop clean energy as fast and as, as cheaply as possible. But not at the point of taking over the entire economy. The Climate Hustle video, folks, were waiting for Al Gore when he was coming out of a studio. It might be kind of hard to hear, but they tr listen to this. It's only 20 seconds. They try and give the former vice president a copy of the DVD, and he just kind of keeps walking. I'm just going to keep walking out the door and keep going out to my car. And then one of the security people turns on the couple they are in business suits and wants to know who let them in can I ask how you got access here because there's going to be a price to pay for that. We'll see if we can get the guy on behind this. He, he said he uh, worked for Jim Inhofe, and that's going to be interesting to see if somebody can get a copy of Climate Hustle. Now, you know if Al Gore shows up and signs a book somewhere, there are going to be people in line with, <laughs> with copies of Climate Hustle trying to get him to sign it. We'll see. We'll keep an eye on this. Stepping aside for a break. When we get back, we'll wrap up today. Is there time for one more bit of wisdom from George Romero from Dawn of the Dead? 
Maybe. Maybe not. We'll see next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Hero Pelka. I guess I'm back. Are we back? Okay, good. I was getting nervous. I was looking at some of the weird stories that were popping up today, and uh, we're basically running out of time before the liberty-loving Latino gets in here, Chris Salcedo. Um, I don't have a drone and I don't want a drone because I know I would get in trouble if I had a drone. Pretty much, I can predict that if I had a drone, I, I would be in trouble. I know I'd be in trouble. But in Alaska, it, it's a problem, especially the people that have drones, the really expensive drones, like those $6,000 drones that you can control from your phone using waypoints and you can land them and take pictures and all that stuff. Um, in Alaska, apparently eagles are threatened by the drones and have been swooping in on them and knocking them down. So uh, I'm guessing Amazon, which is looking at having a fleet of drones handling delivery all over the place, uh, I'm guessing they're going to have to get a some sort of anti-eagle program to work in. But uh, very common, apparently, up there in in Alaska. And now let's think of Alaska too. You, it's not exactly easy to get stuff delivered to you in Alaska. There's something like 600 different municipalities that are not even reachable by car. So very interesting. A little keep an eye on that. Also, uh, I haven't picked on California today, have I? I bet you California is going to feel unloved. Well, I'm not going to pick on them again, but I do think this is fascinating. A woman in Sherman Oaks, California, if you know Los Angeles, you know Sherman Oaks, it's a nice neighborhood, went into labor and uh, wasn't able to drive herself to the hospital. So what did she do? Hello, 2017. She tapped the Uber app on her phone and she got an Uber driver to show up as she was going through labor. However... The baby couldn't wait. So as far as we know, this is the first Uber delivery. I, I don't, maybe, maybe it's not. We'll keep an eye on that. Uh, and for those, I got an email from some folks who didn't believe what I said Saturday about uh, the, um, the New York City councilman who said it's, it's harder to be rich than it is to be poor. If you missed his brilliant clip, and his logic or lack thereof i wanted to share it with you do you know it's harder being rich than being poor no. i know you don't believe what i just said i don't but being rich you got more responsibility you have more things when you work nine to five and you just maintaining okay i got my thing well you are rich you have more things to worry millionaire people they have a lot of stuff to worry about more stuff to manage more stuff it, it, it's really they got there because of their ability to handle more pressure yeah, every it, ceo 
every president they got in there and stay there is because of their ability to handle pressure they had increased their capacity you know why your boss pays you what, what he pays you because of your capacity that's right and if you could do more you'd make more that's kind of the whole capitalist system here I can't believe the dummies New York City has elected if you missed it I'll retweet a link to it. That's Democratic New York City Councilman Cabrera. It's harder to be rich than to be poor. Yeah, it's called work. Oh, help me, people. Chris Salcedo's waiting in the wings. The liberty-loving Latino will be here tomorrow. Testudo, my friends. Testudo. Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network.